All right, what's going on, everyone? We have another episode of Game Time Excellence. Today, we have another special guest, man. I, I would uh, say he's my he's my big brother, mentor. Man, I used to buck him all the time, <laughs> ask him questions back when I was with the Patriots. Uh, we have Devin McCourty. Uh, for all the people that don't know who, who you are but should know who you are, can you tell them a little bit about yourself? Uh, like you said, man, Devin McCourty. Um, played for the Patriots the last 10 seasons, uh, just signed a contract going back for two more seasons. Um, I would say for me, I'm a dad, a husband, um, obviously a football player, uh, community advocate for a bunch of different things, whether it's criminal justice, education, uh, economic advancement. Um, I just tried to stay busy, man. I tried to set an example um, for my kids, and I feel like that's my true legacy of, of what my kids see me do and what I leave behind. Uh, for them to not only, you know, accomplish goals and have success, but for them to also inspire others to do the right things and to, and to make, you know, whatever is around them better than how they found it. So in a nutshell, a couple sentences, I would say that's me. Right, right. No, that's awesome right there, man. Uh, and everything that you just said, you know, is the reason why when I first got to the Patriots, I was like, man, I need to, I need to get connected with him because you know you're you're not just a football player man you 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 do a great job of being a, a husband being a father you do a great job of being in the community um you have a great nonprofit. uh it supports sickle cell correct yeah um and you you were a student of the game so i was like man i gotta ask him questions every day uh and for, for those of you who don't know when Shamil says that, he means it. I mean, questions every day. We wake up in the morning, watch film, more questions, more yeah. so. Um, but I always admire you just how much you try to improve and get better. Uh, you didn't waste a day in New England of not getting better and trying to advance your game somehow and advance as a person, honestly. No, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, that's that's something I, I truly believe in is, just, you know, if you want to get better, if you want to master – the skills, you know, you got to get under someone and you got to like learn how they did it because success leaves clues. You know, it's, why would I try to make up the, 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 the trail on my own and you've already done it. So, you know, mm -hmm. uh, so, so, true. so how have you, you know, uh, you made it to new England, you were uh, first round or first round draft pick. Yeah. Um, and you know, Dev is super fast, man. He's, you know, I don't know how he's that fast, but uh, how have you went about mastering your skills uh, from high school to college to the NFL? Um, I think it's like you just said, too, though. It's finding other people, whether it's men or women, just finding out what success looks like. And um, for me, like when I was in high school, totally different than where I am right now, especially mm -hmm. talking about football-wise. Like I left high school. I wasn't ranked top 100 in the state. Mm -hmm. I had one offer to Rutgers and then – on the offer to New Hampshire, everything else was one double A. Um, so coming out of high school, I came out with this huge chip on my shoulder of like people didn't respect me, they didn't right, think I was right. good. You know, really only got offered to Rutgers because they wanted my twin brother, who had <laughs> you know he had like five offers and they wanted right. him, and they thought you know they're twins. To get him, we got to take his brother. Right, right. Um, and I think from that, you know, when I got to Rutgers, I got to be around um, a lot of guys that were just pushing ahead, guys that. You know, it wasn't a ton of guys that had five stars and all of that. It was mm -hmm. guys that were just grinding. Um, and for me, I came in, I was the sixth guy on the depth chart at safety. So mm -hmm. when you're that deep, you don't have a choice but to just put your head down and work. Right. Um, 
And I think that's what I did. You know, my uh, the guy who helped recruit me, my host, um, Ron Gerald, went to my high school with me. So when I got there, he played as a true freshman. was kind of what you just described. He was a smart guy on the defense. They said even as a freshman, he was kind of the leader. He knew the whole defense. So mm-hmm. I was always with him. I was right. always finding out, you know, how he picked up the defense so fast. And, yeah. you know, I, I kind of did that all the way throughout college. And then I got to the NFL. Fortunate enough, my locker was right next to Kevin Falk. Kevin oh, Falk wow. was yeah. running back. But Kevin Falk was in his 13th year in the NFL when I got there. Mm-hmm. So I'm a rookie, and my locker's next to a guy who's now playing 13 years, three right. Super Bowls. So – I used to just sit there and sometimes I ask him questions as a lot of times I just watch him. Right. Right. Like, let me just watch to see what he does. And he taught me about routine. Mm. I would say that was my biggest takeaway my rookie year of Kev just telling me his routine and me telling me to find my own routine. And it started with me like doing some stuff I didn't even like, like that. He used to get in a sauna every day after practice. I don't like the sauna, but I was like, man, if he do, I'm going to do it. So I get in the sauna. It'd be me, him, Randy Moss, Sammy Morris, like a lot of veteran, very successful players. Vince Wolfhart Mm -hmm. started getting the heat. Vince used to get in the hot tub and put in bath salts and stuff before practice every day. I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. You know, and as I started doing these things, I started to build my own routine that I do now. But it was a big thanks to being around those guys and just following the lead that they put in front of me. Right, right. No, that's really cool. And and the funny thing you say about you said sauna. When I first got to New England, that's when uh we had uh Daryl Revis, uh um Browner, it was you, you know, it was like a, a lot of good veterans there. And Darrell Revis, he used to get in the sauna like after every practice too. And I think it's because when you're like in your thirteenth year, twelfth year, because Martellus Bennett, when I was with the Bears, he did mm-hmm. it too. I think because, you know, you don't work as hard. I mean, I think you still work hard, but not like when you're young. So it's hard to burn off calories. And um, Well, you just get older and get yeah. harder as you get older. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, uh, I don't know if you do it now, but I remember Darrell used to come out to practice with the, the big old sweatsuit. Yeah, he, he used to go out there with the, uh, with the sweat joint. I don't right. do that. I still wear my long sleeves every day. Yeah, okay. I don't go with the sweat jacket. But, you know, <laughs> Reeves would come back. He was always overweight. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I think that's the, like, just the thing as you get older, you know, you have to find ways to keep exactly. your body healthy. Um, so you kind of found, you know, you kind of mastered your skills through um, asking questions and then um, observation and then uh, trial and error. Would you say that? Yeah, and I think studying the game. Like, I remember my rookie year, um, Bill doesn't do it anymore, but my rookie year, we kind of had – it was going through like a, a kind of a – I would say a full turnaround really in New England. After 2009, they lost in the wild card. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, you know, I think we had 12 draft picks, kind of probably how it is now, right now, right. this season coming up. But because of that, like – we would get like small tests in our position groups mm-hmm. and like guys were doing bad and Bill found yeah. out. So then we started getting defensive tests, not like just that's rookies. Cause that's what the meeting started as the test started with just the rookies. Right. He was like, no, the whole defense. Right. So like now you have vets who like had to study what the motions were called right, right. and all of that. But like, I took that as like, well, you know, I'm young. Like mm-hmm. I don't got nothing else here. We in a hotel. So, like, on all those tests, I think I got 95 and above on every single test. Just right, going right. home and studying that. Football's always kind of come natural to me. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you get in a new place, like, the terminology, I don't care how good of a football player you are. Like, right. that's time. Like, you have to study that. Like, it's not mm-hmm. going to just come to you. And I just really took that time during, like, the OTAs, offseason period. I just studied my playbook. Study, right. study, study. 
Um, and I was happy I did it because I remember um, in OTAs the first time, they was like, hey, you're going to go with the ones today. Right. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, <laughs> yeah. like excited. Right. And, like you get in the huddle and Gerard Mayo in 2008, number 10 pick in the draft, rookie mm-hmm. defensive player of the year, Vince Wolford, Miami, dominant in New England right. for years. And I'm looking at those two dudes and I'm like, Damn, I can't mess up. Like, right, right. You know I mean, I got Brandon yeah. Merriweather behind me, like, and yeah. he used to talk trash. And, oh, he used to talk trash. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, yo, I'm the rookie in here. Right. And I think because of my knowledge, like, even though I was nervous, I fell back on what I had studied. Right. Um, and that gave me confidence to go out there and compete. No, that's dope, man. That's really dope. So that leads me to my next, my next one right there is like, just the mindset, man. It's, you know, as a, you know, I was telling uh, Duran, you know, uh, yesterday, man, that, as a football player, you know, you kind of have to have that borderline, like, arrogance with yourself, you know, because you got to believe, like, you're, you're unstoppable. Nobody can touch you. You know, you're the best person on the field because if you don't, mm-hmm. man, you know, you, you go out there and – Get eaten up. Yeah, you know what I mean? So how did you build that mindset as a, you know, as a rookie in New England, you know? um, Honestly, I feel like it, it, it came to me. Like, I'm a rookie in New England. Um, get drafted in the first round. So like right away you got expectations. And when I got drafted, one of the first questions the media asked me was like, are you aware that you're not a popular pick? People feel like New England drafted a special teams player with the first round pick. No way. I came in and I was like, oh, <laughs> straight, straight to it. And then you go out there, your first couple of practices, I'm lined up against Randy Moss. Right. And like, this is older Randy Moss. So I'm right. like, all right, I should be fine. Right. Man, a dude flew by me. <laughs> Move on me a couple right, times. Right. Um, and then I think that's what helped build my confidence because each time, I, like, I had to come back. Right. Like, and, you know, I I was having good days and I would be doing – I'd do good in one-on-ones or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, we get in the red area and, you know, you know how you do it. Ten right. plays in the red area. Yep. I was a rookie, so I might get, you know, two with the first team yeah. and then all of the other ones. And I, Randy might get me for four touchdowns in the right. period. And, like, I'm walking off and I'm like right. – and, you know, as negative uh, as our coach was, Josh Boyer, yeah. he would be like – you know, he would tell me the coaching point. He'd be like, it's Randy Moss. Like, right, right. Me, like, you'll get better at it. But then you start making some plays on, on Randy Moss. You start making right. some plays on Tom's throws. Right. Um, and I was like, okay. Right, All right. right. Like, yeah. and then I think the biggest boost of confidence I got was in the preseason. First – First preseason game, I, and we had joint practices against the Saints at mm-hmm. first, so we had the two days of joint practicing. Mm-hmm. So that built my confidence because now, you know what I mean, it's not Tom, but you got Drew Brees over there. Right, right, right. You know, practice, he threw a couple that was good defense and just right. completed it. Yeah. But then we went out there in the game, and I was running around making tackles, making yeah. plays, and I was like, okay. Then had two kick returns, got 50 yards. I was right. like, okay, like – you know, and you know, for me, I came from a smaller school. Like Rutgers isn't, mm-hmm. you know, at the time wasn't like a powerhouse. Right. So you, you know, getting time, in there, they not good now. Chill out, man. We on the way <laughs> up. We on the way up. But uh, I think at the time I needed that, and I think that that gave me confidence. And I still tell young dudes to this day, like, I don't care how much you come in with your swagger and you mm-hmm. study and know your stuff, because mm. that's where all your confidence will come. Like you can right. go in there and be the most confident guy. And we call cover one and you're confident because you're a man to man. But then we call double two, three, and now it's right, cover right. two or yeah. cover three. Right. Somebody motions and now you're like, oh, are we in two or oh. right, right. 
and I don't care how confident. Now that confidence goes away because so I always tell God like know your stuff. Right. Um, especially depending on what defense and you like you know when you came into England playing yeah. safety, you couldn't turn to anybody else. Like yeah. that was your job to exactly. know it. Like you had to tell people. So um I'm sure you felt it like the level of when you first got in there, you're like, I'm a confident player, but you get in there, you're like, I ain't that confident. Yeah. Then yeah. as you start learning, it's like, all right, I can play, I can go. So. Right. No, that's true, man. Cause uh man. I tell everyone the hardest defense I've ever had to learn as far as like the red zone is oh. New England. Oh my gosh. Like it was just so much stuff. I was like, man, like me and uh me and Hawk during the time, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, dude, this is like tough. And uh let's talk about this real quick because I don't think people understand, you know, I don't I was an undrafted, you know, rookie and you know, you got drafted. So my opportunities were no, they were limited, especially during mm -hmm. that time. You, we had Chung, you, Nate, Tavon, and Du. And you know? Dude, yep. So, you know, like, that was it right there. And so my my reps were limited. And I remember in games, I remember the the, was the first preseason game. You know, I, don't, I, I think I got, like, two series. The next one, I got, like, one series. The next one, I got none. Then the last game, I could probably got, like, a quarter. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. and, and so – did you and that kind of took a hit on my confidence and so do you have any time in your career where your confidence was low and how did you overcome uh your confidence being shot a little bit oh uh my second year my my uh my rookie year come in go to the pro bowl uh second team all pro and you know when when you're younger you're into it all so like i used to watch nfl network espn mm -hmm. they're like you know this guy should have got drafted in the top 10. And right, right. I'm like, okay, like, right. you know what I mean? I, I do belong. Right, and then right. my second year, we kind of switched the defense up a little bit. Um, the year before, we kind of played everything. We were man, fire zoned, cover mm -hmm. two, covered. Like, we just did so much. Right. And, like, I study a lot. Like, I was a smart football player, so I loved that to be able to, like, do different things. Mm -hmm. And the next year we came in, it was just, like, all press man. And I was right, like, oh, right. this, is, this is different. Right, and we right. had no offseason. We had a lockout year. Um, so as the year gets going, first game in Miami, Monday Night Football, Brandon Marshall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Second game at home, Chargers, Vincent Jackson right, and, right. Um, and Malcolm Floyd. Right. And, like, so I'm just straight into the fire. And, right. You know, I'm competing out there. Like, me and me and Brandon Marshall was a battle. Like, I, mm -hmm. I almost had a pick six that would have went, like, 100-something yards, right, right, right. drop it. You know, yeah. so, like, then we play play somebody else and, like, the season's just like this. Right, like right. it's it's halfway decent and then it's like bottom bottom. Right, like right. Yeah. and the media's killing me. Um we lost, I think, to Baltimore. I had like a pass interference with like mm -hmm. two minutes left in the game. And it's just like at the end of the season I get moved to safety and mm -hmm. passing situations because we didn't have any like true free safety, they tell mm -hmm. me, but you know, you're a corner. You right, get moved right. to safety, it's like, nah, you you sticking it up that corner. That's what we're moving. Yeah. Um, and in New England, there's not much ever of like, let's sit down and talk or let's figure, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like I had a meeting with Bill uh, my second year and it, it went straight like this for an hour straight. Mm -hmm. We sat there, he put up film, put up an hour. I'm telling you, this is an hour of bad film. Yeah. Like imagine you All sit bad. with you sit with the head coach. It started off with some good film. Like, look, right. see how you do this? How you do that? Right, right. Five to 10 minutes max. Yeah. Then the rest was 45 to 50 minutes of just 
him just like look how bad this is like right, right, and like right. i literally walked out of that meet and it's probably like halfway through the year like i might get i don't know how like all right, this right. stuff work i know i was a first round pick but yeah. like i might get cut right and sitting there and it's just like like i, I kind of i remember i talked to mayo um who said he kind of went through something like that mm-hmm. but i felt like at the time like man, I don't, like I don't know what to do. And I think right, right. talking to my brother who was playing in Tennessee at the time was a big help. Mm-hmm. Um, just always like instilling that confidence at me. Like, you just yeah. got to go play. Like, it's going to be right. fine. Like, and I would say what I really learned at the end of that year is we ended up going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst year for me ever. Mm-hmm. But like on the back end of it, team-wise, like we're in the Super Bowl. Right, I remember right. preparing for the Super Bowl and realizing like, man, everything you've been through like just let it go like you're 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 where everybody would love to be you're a captain Mm -hmm. you're in the super bowl Mm -hmm. like you have this you have this great opportunity Mm -hmm. to do something that is phenomenal Mm -hmm. and you're worried about the wrong thing so um i think that taught me a lot of just understanding this is a great opportunity take advantage of it do whatever you have to do to be in this moment and try to win um, and you'll look back at this time and be like, it was tough, but it was well worth it. And I right. think that's what happened for me going forward in the future, mm-hmm. fully confident. I was able to be a leader, but like right, I was right. able to be better at everything. I think just because like everyone knows like when you make it through adversity, right, it does right. nothing but make you stronger. Right. No, that's awesome. So knowing that, you know, there's a, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I know it's like cliche to say, but like, but it's true. Yeah. And, and and then on the flip end, like having the right support team, you know, around you. So uh, right support system around, you You know, your brother, Gerard Mayo. Uh, I'm pretty sure you had a couple other people, too, as well, um, instilling some confidence in you. And, uh, and shoot, I, I bet you kept pushing through. You know what I mean? It, it, you didn't stop. You know what I mean? Even though, you know, Bill blasted you for about an hour. <laughs> uh, and this is when I knew that New England was completely different, you know, than most places. Obviously, you know, your first year, you don't know because that's your first team. I mean, you've only been in New England, so you, you don't know any different. different yeah. yeah. And so um, I remember, I think, what was it after the first OTA practice? Uh, you know, Bill shows the, I don't know if he still does it, but shows the, the, first, the three good plays and three bad plays or something like that. We do, it matters what mood he's in. Yeah, okay. So this day, you know, he showed uh, Tom Brady messing up to Julian Edelman or something like that. And he said, Tom, what the fuck? And I was like, oh, shoot. You're going at Tom? Like, this is crazy. That's what I knew right then. I was like, okay, I can get cut at any moment. Because if you're mm-hmm. talking to Tom like this, he'll cut me, like, just for me being late. You know what I'm saying? Bro, and I've told people, to me, that's what has made New England great. Like, people always talk about, like, Tom and Bill's relationship and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. But I think – when Tom allowed Coach Belichick, Josh McDaniel, like all his coaches, he allowed them to coach him and he was mm-hmm. always coachable, mm-hmm. whether that was, you know, them going at him, whether that was them telling him like how good of a job, like he allowed himself to be coachable. Mm-hmm. It just set an example for like every other guy who ever walked in that building right. to be like, like, uh, yeah. what am I going to do? This is the greatest football player of all time. Right, he getting right. coached. Like, how could I? That same story you're talking about, like, I remember the same way for me. I remember right. sitting in a meeting and he's talking about leadership and Bill's calling out, like, all our veteran players on leadership, like mm-hmm. Randy, Tom, everyone. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, 
well, this dude going at, right. at the dogs. Yeah. And like from that moment, I think it, it made me realize like, yo, if I want to, if I want to stick in, the, in this NFL thing, because mm-hmm. at that time, like you said, it was all I knew. I thought this right. is how the NFL was. Right. I was like, I got to be on it because mm-hmm. like this, this is no joke. Right, right. No, that's true, man. And so, you know, uh, one thing I learned from, you know, you, Julian Edelman and, uh, you know, Tom as well is, man, the NFL season is long. Okay, it's, it's extremely long from the preseason games to the season. And then if you, you know, if you like your guys, you know, you make it to the Super Bowl day near every year, you <laughs> go all the way to like February, you know, and then the season starts back up in, you know, April. So you only get like a month and a half yeah. break. Yeah, so, Yeah, so how do you take care of yourself uh, like mentally, physically, and spiritually to be able to withstand a long season and then uh, go to the Super Bowl and then do it all over again? You know, yeah, I would say I would say when I was younger, um, I didn't think about it. Like I remember, like that that second year, um, I remember finishing and, and the we lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. I'm from New York, lived in New Jersey at the time. I was like, man, I ain't going home for a while. Like I just right, didn't right. want to be around it. Right. Um, and then when I went back, it's probably like two weeks off. So we mm-hmm. finished in February. I took probably like two three weeks off, maybe right. maybe it was just two weeks. Right. I got right back to working out. Right. And it was just like never ending. After my rookie year, same thing. Took like right. two weeks off. Got right back to working out. Um, and I didn't think about like the mental and the. Like, I, I just was like, yo, if you want to get better, you gotta work. You gotta right, work. Right. You gotta work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think now I've learned over the last couple of years, I just disconnect. Like right. I, I, for me, at least a month of just gone. And now it's a lot easier. Like I got a wife, I got kids. Right. So like this year, we lost in a wild card and like. Sky is falling in New England, like mm-hmm. everybody. Bro, I'm literally, I'm a stay at home dad. That's what right, I turn right. into. Like, I'm yep. waking up, I'm doing breakfast, dropping the kids off at daycare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for me, um, it obviously gives me the physical rest that my body needs. Um, right. If any, like rehab stuff, I still like, I'm like, I'm going to just rest, like, not right. active rest, just true rest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll say, from a mental standpoint, of just being more than a football player. Right, and right. I think that is key for me of being a dad, being a husband, going out on our, our usual date nights and, and mm-hmm. doing that stuff, and then being in the community. Um, I've, I've worked with a ton of different organizations, of, mm-hmm. you know, going in um, when that season, and I just got, I got to go spend time, you know, right, not just right. speaking, and, but, like, actually going and spending time with the people in these organizations. Um, and then spiritually, one of the best things me and my wife have done is we go to a retreat um, called mm-hmm. Players Outreach uh, oh, through yeah. the NFL, like a uh, – uh, you would kind of call it a marriage retreat and we go out there for three or four days um, where it's just, it's just us. We're just Mm -hmm. focusing on um, our relationship personally with God and then our relationship together. So um, that's been big for me because it always refreshes me. Um, Nothing to do with football. Um, Obviously we talk about how our lives are affected by, you know, what we do for a living and the time it takes, but we kind of just build ourselves back up and we kind of be, we kind of get renewed out there. And mm. um, that's been big for me. I've been the last three years of being out there and doing that um, has really helped me out a lot. Right, right, right. No, that's really cool, man. Cause so one, what do you cook for breakfast? Man? You can't cook, man. Well, I'm fortunate, bro. That's why you get married. My wife can cook. My okay. wife can cook. Okay. So, um, <laughs> We usually I do it like that, but sometimes I keep it light. Grab me a yogurt, my, give me a little yogurt, give me some fruit, call it uh-huh. a day. Okay, okay. Uh, and then you said, uh, 
you said as far as like, you know, the off season, that's what you do. You disconnect, you get a retreat in, um, you take care of the physical things you need to take care of. Um, and what about during the season? You know what I mean? Cause it's a lot of pressure, you know, especially being in new England, you know, I mean, it's a lot of pressure to win. You know, you put, it's a competition every day, man. I've never, I have never been on a team outside of new England that does like tackling drills, uh, like where we like, like go to the ground, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> So I was like, man, this is like new. So how do you deal with the pressure during the season uh, mentally, physically, and spiritually? Um, I think just build on a routine. I think that's that's the biggest thing of, like we talked about, like Monday is the day after the game is lift, is, is working out, and then Monday is, is my date night. So mm. whether we're going to a teammate's event or something they're having or we're just going to a restaurant to kind of relax, um, and then Tuesday being an off day, I wake up uh, with the kids in the morning, uh, do what they need to do for school, do the drop off at school. Mm -hmm. um, that's when we have our, our weekly podcast with me and my brother. Right. Um, so like it's it's always doing something else too. Like if I'm going to the community or doing something, I'm doing that Tuesday. Um, and then like Tuesday, Tuesday evening um, or in between different things and my massage and stuff is when I, I get ahead on my film, breaking down, you know, teams and, and getting prepared that way. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of Wednesday, Wednesday on, it's like all football. Then Thursday night, we do our couples Bible study mm -hmm. um, at Matthew Slater's house. So that's another time where it's like, all right, this is in the schedule where I'm devoting, you know, two hours to just being with other guys on the team, their mm -hmm. wives, um, of us just fellowshipping and, and getting to know God, getting to just hang out, you right, know. Right. Um, and I think from there, I'm so stuck in my routine and my days are all in, mm -hmm. like this, the outside pressure, the noise. And like, I don't hear it because I'm just zeroed in right, um, right. of what I'm on, what I'm doing and like trying to make sure I keep my routine and I stay focused on that. I think allows me to, you know, better push out all the negativity or the different things that come in and out. Um, and that's what I try to tell guys, you know, from a leadership standpoint of that's how you have to be. Like the mm -hmm. pressure is not going to go anywhere. The stress isn't going to go anywhere. Like right. that's always going to be there. Um, but you can prepare yourself to make sure you're battle tested mm -hmm. and that you're focusing on what you deem important. Right, right, right. So prioritizing, uh, get a routine and then prioritizing the things that, that you deem. That's exactly. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And, and what I love about, you know, I remember the second time I came back to New England, um, I felt like I got better, you know, my middle field skills were a lot better than my rookie year. They were trash. But um, what I loved about New England, man, was the, 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 the culture, not just with the coaches, but the culture with the, within the players. You know, it didn't matter if you were the, the star player. It didn't matter if you were the bottom player. Everyone treated each other, you know, like equals. And so after a game, you – I forgot who we played, but after the game, you know, I was at home because I was on practice squad and then you hit me up. He was like, Hey, you want to go out to eat with, with all of us? When I went to go eat, man, I was like, man, shoot, everyone's here. Like Martellus, Gronk, you know what I mean? I was like, dang, this is crazy because the other teams I've been on, you know, it's not like that. You know, it's, uh, the, you know, you may have like this group over here, this group over here, this group mm -hmm. over here. So how do you build that type of camaraderie with, uh, with the team? I think just time, you know, Matt Slater always, I've learned that from him. Like he always is talking about relationships. He's always talking about that um, because I think people always focus on like, you know, how good is this guy? Like, do they have a return of starters? This guy, mm -hmm. he was like, to be a good team, he was like, relationships have to be strong. Like mm -hmm. bonds have to be built. 
Um, you have to know, like, I'm playing for this guy next to me and he's playing for me. Mm-hmm. So that way we just go out there and we don't want to let each other down. And right. I think that comes from spending time with each other, like whether it's going out to eat, whether it's spending extra time in a facility, like when you're in the hot tubs and you walk in there and you see guys just all hanging out in there where they could easily be at home after the day, but they're in there rehabbing or, you know, getting some treatment and stuff. And a lot of times, you know, for me, especially now, it's I'm getting treatment, but I'm also I'm hanging with the guys. You right, know, and right. I, I yeah. think when you're outside the building and you do those things, it just makes everything stronger. Like even I said, like being um, in a couple study, like you get to know guys personally. Like you're not mm-hmm. just playing you know, cause you wear the same Jersey as me, but right. now nah, like, I know, I know you, I know your family. I know like what you've been through. I know like how important this is to you. You know, the same thing about me. Right. Um, and I think that pushes you forward. You know, me and Trent Brown was talking about that. He plays in uh, Vegas right now for the Raiders. And we were just talking about like the brotherhood and knowing like everyone on the outside talks about it's, it's tough. It's militant. And I'm like, people right, right. don't understand until you get on this team um, that one of the biggest things to me that, it's so great about knowing it's like we try to grow as men mm-hmm. more than anything, like right. whether that's our Bible studies, our chapels, or just really just hanging in the locker room. Right. Like we don't have a game room. We don't have it. So like yeah, the locker room right. is where, you know what I mean? The locker room is where guys hang. We talk, we talk about being fathers, being husbands. Like we get on younger guys about being in the streets, you right, know, how right. to spend your money, like everything, yeah. you know, and I think, I think a lot of NFL lockers are like that, but I think, in our locker room, everybody's very open. Um, and that allows us to have real relationships that, you know, I value. Um, and I think it's been like that. Like when guys come and go, we still have bonds. We still talk. Um, and guys miss it because I think inside that building, like as teammates, guys truly care for each other. Right, right. No, I, I would agree with that, man, because, you know, when I came back, it was like I never left. You know, everybody mm-hmm. hit me up, talking to me, you know, and, and sometimes you you get a little skeptical or a little nervous about walking into a new locker room because you don't know how uh, you will be received. And when I came back, you know, it was like with open arms. Even Bill came mm-hmm. up to me. It was like uh, uh, he said, you were gone but not forgotten. I was like, oh, that's my heart, you know. Uh, you know, you didn't have to cut, you know. You know what I mean? That's uh, all good. And I didn't have to be gone. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, you're more than a, a football player, you know what I mean? So what's your mission outside the game, man? What, what do you want What do you want to accomplish outside the game? Uh, to make a difference, you know, I think um, this past offseason, we kind of just sat down and, and we wanted to, like you just said, like a direct mission. Um, and I think one of the biggest things I would say is the well-being of youth, whether mm-hmm. that falls into um, health, where we do our sickle cell, um, of raising awareness for that and you know sickle cell majority affects um, the minority communities black black and brown people um, and you know it's in my family my, my aunt passed away from it two years ago um, my uncle has a disease my my grandparents had the disease so like that is something that's near and dear to my heart so and then you talk about education you talk about economic advancement um, we've gotten to testify um, at the state house and speak on the behalf um, of kids and their education of the gap in Massachusetts um, oh, wow. with poor, poor low-income housing areas and where they go to school compared mm-hmm. to some of the best schools in the country right, uh, right in Massachusetts. So um, doing that, fighting to raise the age limit for juvenile justice, we've done that. So um, when I when I kind of look at it from a holistic standpoint, it's usually 
involving youth, which I feel is the future of, of how you improve right. whatever things you don't like. It's getting to the youth. Um, and I just want to give them an opportunity. Um, so trying to create positive and good opportunities for youth, whether that's, like I said, healthcare, mm-hmm. whether that's education, economic advancement, staying out of trouble, creating new avenues and, and mm-hmm. paths for them. Um, it's been, for me, it's been awesome. Like the right, people right. I've gotten to work with from, you know, grassroots organizations, advocates, um, mm-hmm. officers, uh, just so many different people, you know, right. lawyers, ex like doctors, right. um, so many different people wanting to do positive things in the community. Um, the NFL and, and football has given me that platform to elevate their voices. Um, right. And that's something I want to keep doing, you know, for mm-hmm. as long as I live. Right, right. No, that's really dope because, and the, the, the funny thing about this, you hear athletes, man, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I'm like, you do have time because you make time to play, you know, 2K all night or you make mm-hmm. time to, you know, make videos or go out. So whatever you want, whatever's important to you, you will make time for. And so yep. how did you go about, you know, because you're doing a lot of things. So how do you how do you go about like making time for those things? You know, do you have a team around you? Like all that right there. Yeah. So early in my career, I was young. I didn't mm-hmm. you know, I had no kids, you know, no wife. So I felt like you, know, you have time. Like mm-hmm. if they're doing something, go do it. If somebody right. have something, go, you know what I mean? And um, as I've gotten older, that's changed a little bit because right, right. um, like I said, you know, even in the Bible, like you, I can't go in a community and, and do all these great things if my household's a mess. Like that's right, the right. first thing you gotta, you gotta be able to be a leader in your house. So um, I think because of that, like you just said, it's just having a, a, a team of people, like my marketing team, um, helps out a lot. The Patriots organization of understanding like things that I can do, things that I can't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the biggest things I think is just having a plan of what you want to do and, and mm-hmm. figuring that out. Um, like I, we started um, with my wife, we got our, our calendar right in our phones. It's linked. Mm-hmm. Um, when she puts doctor's appointments for the kids in there, mm-hmm. I put a parent, like different appearances. We just put everything in there mm-hmm. um, to make life a lot easier. And so we can follow and know um, so we don't forget to say something or, you know what I mean? Tell each right, other right. this or that. We try to put everything in a calendar and trust me, I've heard it before. Like if I tell her something, but I don't put it in the calendar and she mm-hmm. forget it's, it's my fault. She on my yeah. head about it. So, um, that's been something that I've, I've had to figure out over the last couple of years. Cause being a guy who's been, you know, I've done a lot of things and I've always wanted to be active mm-hmm. of figuring out how to still be active, but also making sure, um, that I am in the house to be a husband and a father right, and I'm right. present. Um, I, I, I try to make sure I prioritize that and, and make sure that stays top of my list. Right. Right. And, and to add on to that, which is, which is uh, a cool thing to think about it. Not only do you need to like lead your family, but if you, if you don't, if you don't have the ability to lead yourself, how, how do you expect to lead others? You know, and that's uh, very true. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I want to, I know you, Right now, you know, Deb put me on a time restriction. You know, I, I would like to go for about three hours, but, you know, Deb has a family and kids. So, uh, you know, I'm going to wrap it up here here in a little bit. Um, you know, I never played with my brothers in high school. I would love to play with my brothers in high school. So how is that feeling, you know, being able to play with your brother in New England? Oh, it's awesome, man. I, I talked about that. Um, I did a Players' Tribune article. Um, and it was like, why, like, you know, the legacy of being in New England. And I was like, if I'm keeping it real with you, I was like, all of that is cool and all. But I said, honestly, I thought I would leave because I was like, I don't really care about any of that, mm-hmm. whether it's 10 years in one place and you stay here or you go. 
But like when they picked up my brother's option for me, that was like, yeah. all right, let's see how we can make this work because right. um, I just had so much fun the last two years of doing that, you know, mm. um, going to games, driving together, the day after games, you know, we go get breakfast together, talk about the game, break. Right, right. Like this is what we did as kids, like yeah. popcorn and games, yeah. you know, waking up together, going over our plays, preparing. Like that's what we did when we were freaking 10, 11, 12. And like mm. now, you know, at 32, 33, like to be doing that mm. uh, together, um, like you can't, can't describe it because i think like you just said if you've never done that you don't know how special it is and right. um to be able to try to finish our careers doing it that way um it's just awesome like our, our wives get along great the kids love that we live across the street mm-hmm. from each other my mom comes up she visits both of us a lot more now right. because during the season it's just one tribe and she's there so mm-hmm. um that's something i want to keep and you know it, it, it it's been great but now it, it's made me like dang man we could have done this from the beginning, right? Like, right. Been on the same team, how awesome yeah. it would have been. Yeah. Um, so we just want to keep it going, man. It's it's a lot of fun, and I, I truly feel like it's a blessing. Yeah, and, and everyone, he's he's a twin. So uh, who was born first? I was twenty seven minutes. Okay, and so uh, he he got he went to the NFL before you did, correct? Yeah, yeah, by um, red shirted. So he came out in two thousand nine, six round uh, draft pick. Okay, so is there any level of like okay, you won Super Bowls? Now he he has a Super Bowl under his belt. Uh, but before that, you know, you being a first round draft pick or all that, like who ran who ran the faster forty? Uh, he did, but he didn't go to the combine, so I don't count it. See, okay, so who? Where's the competition? Like, when does the competition stop? Or is it like always like it's going it's there? always it's always a fun competition. Um, okay, for for both of us, like no one roots harder for one another than us two. Right. Um, but when we get together, it's always it's always gonna be competitive. We always right. gonna go at it. Um, but it's all for fun. Like we used right. to. We used to play basketball one-on-one for like three hours, not even yeah. keep score, just right, keep right. going at each other. Um, and I think that's how it is now. Like, right. he was always so happy for me when mm-hmm. we won Super Bowls, but then he'd be like, dang, but I kind of, you know, I want that. I want to feel right, that. Right. And um, that's why in 2018, like, that, like, when we won a Super Bowl, like, to yeah. me, like, being on the field and looking at him and to know, like, the first one I ever won, mm-hmm. as much as he probably hated being there and have to – like he was the first person I saw on the field right. after we won the game. And yeah. he was like smiling ear to ear. Right, right. He said it to me. He was like, bro, I thought like it would be a weird feeling of like being down here. And mm-hmm. he's like, I had all these thoughts in my head. And he was like, bro, when I got down here, he was like, all I could think about was like how happy I was right, for right. you to win the Super Bowl. Right, right. Um, so um, even though we're competitive, like we – we just love seeing the other ones succeed. Like, I was happier when we won the Super Bowl together. I was happier for him than me. Like, right, just, right. I, a couple times I just caught myself just watching him, like, just right, seeing right, right. him, you know, yeah. just have so much fun with it. No, that's really cool, man. So, you know, to wrap it up a little bit, man, is uh, what is three tangible, like, action items you can give to an athlete and, like, a business leader who's looking to get the edge and build their team? What was what's three uh, three action items you got for me? Um, I I think you said it before. I think to lead others, you got to know how to lead yourself. So, um, just taking some time. Uh, I think each day, um, preferably in the morning, to just you know, I saw like I saw your YouTube video. You talked about that of just taking time. Whether it's you start off and it's just five minutes, and then you build it to ten, fifteen, mm-hmm. twenty. 
but just starting your day with whatever it is that relaxes you and gets you in a mental space of like, all right, this is my day. This is what I'm going to do. This is going to make me better. Like for me, I wake up in the morning and I try to wake up a little bit before the kids wake up and I just get in my word, read my word and pray um, for the day. And I know that that starts me off right. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the second thing is um, having a plan, you know, mm-hmm. whatever that is, um, whether you're in business, whether you're in sports um, and it's knowing your position or getting better at your craft or, mm-hmm. you know, getting better conditioning or mm-hmm. it's, you know, you want to hit these numbers as a business. Um, I think it's important to have that plan, but I think it's also important to have the plan of what, what and where you want to be as a person, mm-hmm. not just like number goals or like, I want to be a starter. I want this award or achievement, mm-hmm. but to know like, where do you want to grow as a person and mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of know that and never let, let never let that go. Right. Um, so no matter the ups and downs, you never change who you are at the core. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it is very important. Um, and then lastly, I would just say to believe in yourself. Um, mm-hmm. Me and my brother, we gave the commencement speech at Rutgers this past year. Um, and Together? Yeah, okay. it, it was fun. It was nerve wracking, but it yeah. ended up doing really well. Yeah. Um, we talked about redefining success. Um, of, you know, success is always going to change. You know, you reach one goal, it's going to be something else to do. You do something, um, you don't do it well, you fail, all right, you got to do something else. Like it's always, you're always going to be going after something. Mm -hmm. Um, And within that, we talked about uh, two things that I thought was really important. Um, Believe in yourself. Don't let anyone ever steal your dreams. Like Mm -hmm. parents, loved ones, Mm -hmm. um, sometimes they cast fears on you that they have and they don't want to do it. They don't mean to it mean to do it but you know you're a young kid and you say you know i want to be the president you know that's that's a big task a parent right. might you know they fear that they mm-hmm. might tell you oh, maybe choose something else right um, and then the second thing within the redefining you know success is run your own race um mm-hmm. you you know we talked about me and my brother's relationship he said that's something he had to learn in life because we're twins people always like man your brother has super bowls you don't oh man right, your brother right. did this you don't he said he had to learn, you know, he would never, he would never be happy. He would never have joy if he always had compared himself to me or he always compared himself to something else. Right. So he learned, you know, he, he said, you, know, you jealousy, you know, comparison will steal your joy. It's the right. thief of joy. Right. Um, so just being able to run your own race and enjoy your own successes, mm-hmm. um, get over and, and overstep your obstacles your own obstacles not other people's things you go through that's your path your story your testimony so embrace that and make sure that you do well in just that and just your path so um, that's what i will leave people with know yourself know yourself Mm -hmm. get better each day have a Mm -hmm. plan um and then don't let anyone take your dreams and run your own race right right that's big too it doesn't matter how old you are too because uh if you allow people to, to steal your dreams steal your still like what you truly believe in, man, it'll kill everything. And then you'll be like 80 years old. And it'll old. last forever. Yep. Yeah, man. You have all these regrets, you know, and mm-hmm. life is too short to have, have regrets, man. I talk about time all the time, man. Time is, you can't buy it. You know, you can't mm-hmm. pray for it. You can't wish for it, man. Time is, once it's done, it's done. So yep. uh, do you visualize any? Uh, Not, I think I do it naturally, but I don't like take time each day to do that. But mm-hmm. I, like I know in football, I do that all the time. Like we put in a defense, like I'm, I'm envisioning how I think this play going to go while we right, put right. it. So like, I, I do do that. Okay. Okay. That's that my quick question. So, uh, yeah. 
how do you want to be remembered? And then after that, can you let people know, you know, where they can find you? Uh, and uh, if somebody wants to, you know, bring you in for something, you know, how can they get that done too as well? Yeah, um, I'll say how I want to be remembered is um, just as a person. Uh, I want people to, when they speak about me, they talk about, they talk about the impact that I had on them are just strictly on how, how I made them feel. Mm. Um, I think that is one of the biggest things to take away. And our, like you said, our short time here on earth is how we can make others feel around us. Um, you can achieve great things. All of that is amazing. Right. Um, but when you have the ability to make other people feel good to, to make them to instill confidence in them, any of these great things, um, I think when you just have different fruits that come from you, that are all positive fruits. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is just incredible. So I hope people uh, talk about me and they just talk about the way I made them feel uh, either directly or them seeing something I did inspired mm-hmm. them just something uh, to that nature. And, you know, anybody, you know, McCordy twins, Twitter, Facebook, right. uh, Instagram, all of that. Uh, we work with, um, uh, a company called Malka Sports. Um, that's M-A-L-K-A. Uh, it's all on our social media. Um, and then TackleSickleCell.org um, is really what we're in um, for sickle cell and everything like that. Mm-hmm. If you want to get involved in that, is there. And then the Players Coalition um, is something that we're involved in where we do a lot of advocacy work. Um, so that's another place to, to find different things that we do. But if you just go to our social media accounts, McCordy Twins, uh, at McCordy Twins, you'll get all that information. Okay. McCordy Twins, I'll put it somewhere over here. And yeah, you, you the IT, you the smart guy. You no, know, that's all you. Uh, <laughs> so, no, man, Dev, I really appreciate you taking some time. Man, I know you got family. I know you got, uh, you know, just things you want to do. Uh, so, I appreciate the time to, to speak with me. And, you know, the, the questions never stop, ladies and gentlemen. Because guess what? After we hang up right here, I'm going to ask them. Uh, and off air asking you know how I did so I'm I'm always asking questions Uh, so Deb I really appreciate you no no problem I appreciate you having me on and uh, good luck with everything I I love what you're doing you've always been a positive person trying to create a change and have an impact so never change and keep doing that bro appreciate it appreciate it
because I need to rinse it to try to get some of that excess grease off of it. So I still season it before I rinse it off so it'll try to have some seasoning in the meat. So I season it, then I rinse my meat off after it's done, and I put it back in there, and I put some more seasoning on it because I rinsed it off, you know. Uh, then, once, 